Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network, and we hope we're just what you needed. Oddity Files. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. I got to try not to move a lot because I got a rain jacket on. So it'll be like, it'll turn ASMR podcast real quick where I'm just like, and then drinking bubbly soda. And I know what ASMR is now because you learned me a few episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Oddity Files, kids. We love you, you motherfuckers. And we're so happy that you're here. <laughs> it's never going to, never going to stop. Now, I nope. mean, the th- that's like when you're a kid. And you like shit somewhere and like you're not supposed to. And then your parents yell at you. You're probably going to shit there again, you know? Oh, yeah. So those of you that aren't members of our (laughs) Facebook fan group that's called the Oddity Files fan group, some dickwad called me out and said, you probably shouldn't start your podcast by calling your listeners motherfuckers. And I said, well, one, you don't understand who I am. And you're obviously not one of my people. So get the fuck out. And I blocked and banned him. It's also better than like opening your podcast and being like, hello, believers, or like some shit like that. Like, it's <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, given them. Could we even be those people? Hell no. No. Unless there's like a sponsorship uh, in, in the mix. If I get paid to, t- to come up with some sort of fandom name and I get like free sparkling water for a year, I'll do it. Yeah. Well, honestly, aside from motherfuckers, <laughs> our. our f- and they love it, by the way. And if you don't, this isn't, I'm not your people. Go listen to some other show. Um, but they're my weirdos. And I'm yeah. their weirdo. And you're now one of our weirdos, Nick. I am. I'm glad to be. Um, I feel, yeah. I want to thank my mom, my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank your mom and your dad, too. So there. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. And then I want to I want to thank those hoots, those whoops I heard in my backyard when I was a kid. And I was like, Dad, what's that sound? And my dad's like, I don't know. And I was like, that's definitely Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, speaking <laughs> of that. So, you guys, you you know we record these in a week in advance. And today they announced my book cover art. It's very exciting. And we'll get into that later. But the lady who, who shared that, Sharon, I think it's Legro or Ligro, or I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but she's currently writing a Bigfoot book, and she's looking for people's experiences. <gasps> Nick, you're up. Call me. My phone number is... Okay. No, I'm just... <laughs> 555-1-800-SQUATCH-ME. I'll do it. I will I will pay for a phone, like a Squatch number, make it like the Squatch hotline, the Squatch line. Oh, there's not enough 900 numbers anymore. There's not. God, this is going to be a long hour. I'm telling you, we're, we're already <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> you guys are listening to Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. And I'm Nick Floyd. And we're here just to have a good time and enjoy mm-hmm. ourselves. And hopefully you guys like it. And if you do, <laughs> let us know. We love to hear from you at OddityFilesCrew at gmail.com. Or, you know, drop a little review with some stars on a podcast app tell us you like us you really like us we'd appreciate it 
Yeah, and this is the part of the podcast where I compliment your hoodie. I really like your hoodie today. So this is the hoodie <laughs> for the Oregon, to save the Oregon fire forest stuff. <gasps> it says, save our Squatch, Oregon, USA. And his shirt says, live, love, lurk. Oh, my God. That's, That's real nice. Amazing. <laughs> That's a nice twist. I wasn't sure what that last word was going to be, but well, I'm impressed. You never know. It wasn't motherfuckers. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, but yes, back to my book cover yes. art has been released, and it's up on all the socials everywhere. And when I, I send it to Nick a little early, and um, it's not me on the cover, guys. I would love to say that it was. But that ass, though, can we talk about that ass on whoever that girl is? Because, <laughs> damn. And Nick said when I sent it to him, he goes, you're going to get all the ass comments. I'm like, I, that was the first when they sent me that art. I'm like, God, I wish I had that ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. If it sells an extra book, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> that This is like hot water for me because... <laughs> like I, wanna, I am. I am. I wanna, nothing I is off limits with between us. Do it. Yeah, but <laughs> it was just great. I don't know. I loved it, and I remember I was like trying to think of all the ways I could word this text I was going to send to you when you sent me the book cover, and I was like, how can I word this in a way that's like, this is it's great. Everything looks great. This is awesome. But just so you know, but be prepared. <laughs> No, and literally my first response when they sent it to me was, oh, God, I wish that was my ass. So, you know, that's the first thing everybody notices. And again, if it sells an extra book or two and people get to, get to read about the paranormal goodness that I am preaching, holla. <clears throat> so this morning I was on a show I don't know a whole lot about. It's called Awakening... Awakening Atlanta. And the hosts were absolutely amazing. One day I just had something show up in my email box saying, we're requesting you to be on our show. And I'm like, sure, it's October. Everybody wants a piece of the paranormal right now. I'll do it. And um, it was so much. I still don't know what it is. It's not a TV show. I think they might have like an app or something. Um, again, I've posted this link everywhere as well. So you guys can watch it as it's I'm about at the one hour mark, but my my crowning moment of this complete interview is when I said, "I want to be the Oprah of paranormal." <laughs> there you go, there you I go. I do though. It just word vomited out of my mouth. But think about it. I want the ghost to be able to talk to me like people used to talk to Oprah. You also <laughs> want a bunch of charities. You want your own network. You want a book club. And you get a car. And you get a car. And you get a car. <laughs> You get a Ouija board, and you get a Ouija board. Yeah. You get a K2 meter. Oh, God. So that's my goal in life, people. It happened this morning at about 7.30 a.m. I decided I wanted to be the Oprah of the paranormal. And that is the name of this episode. Maybe. No, it definitely Depends is. Depends on what Nick comes up with. No, no, no. No, no, no. It definitely is. We've decided. What happens next? It's done. This this is the name. Okay. It's official. I'll have to remember that um, when I edit it. But you said you had some paranormal in the news, right? 
I do. It's really just a headline, and I'm only and I'm catering it specifically to you because like I know how you feel about this kind of stuff. But I read it last night, and I was already kind of tired anyway. And I read it, and I didn't think I was actually reading it. I thought I was dreaming it. <laughs> you need sleep, honey. <laughs> it didn't feel real. The headline is, and this actually comes from scientificamerican.com. This is a real website. Oh, <laughs> shit. Hashtag science for the win. Science. The, the headline is, do we live in a simulation? Chances are about 50-50. <laughs> That's a headline. <laughs> that is a fucking 2020 headline of I, or a 50-50 headline. That's <laughs> <laughs> They win the internet. I'm just saying. <laughs> it is, uh, it's unreal. There was some guy, it was a comedian who was talking about like the laws of physics on Neil deGrasse Tyson's show. And at one point he says something, God, this is a long article. He was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it went by so much faster when you were half asleep. It did. Well, I read someone who like paraphrased it. But it's mm. this whole thing that's like basically there's it's a coin toss. Like there is an, a chance of you know what I'm gonna go. I know where the condensed version is, so I'm gonna just go on it live right now. But it talks about like a coin toss and there being like the odds truly of this world we live in being a simulation. And like it talks a little bit about how we can break the simulation that we're living in. But is it random nodding? I don't. They, they didn't get that deep um, in this article, but it was really interesting because it was talking about like once we break the simulation, we then get passed on to like our astro ancestral shit. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And this I, sounds like one of somebody's tripping scene from a movie when like they ate some peyote or whatever it is those people eat. <laughs> so. Here, it says, I don't know. It's a 50-50 coin toss approximation that comes from the Scientific American cited odds of 50.22222 to 49.77778 when determining when determining whether or not life is a simulation. So then when we break it, it says one the human species is very likely to become extinct before reaching post-human stage, which is oh. ba- basically beating your simulation. Two, or dying. Or dying. <laughs> which is essentially like beating your simulation as you die, which is so fucked up. Terrifying. Two, any post-human civilization is extremely unlikely to run a significant number of simulation simulations of its evolutionary history or variations thereof. thereof. Or three, we're almost certainly living in a computer simulation. It follows that the belief that there is a significant chance that we shall one day become post-humans who run ancestor simulations is false and we're, unless we're currently living in a simulation. <laughs> I'm raising my hand because I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a bunch of words. Somebody put in one of those like boggle shakers and tossed out on the table and just typed it up in the order they came out in. It's crazy. It's crazy though because like, astronomers and shit are like weighing in on yeah. that like they're saying that simulations spawn more simulations and that like you the only way you're gonna know is if you die so it's like you but can't you're really dead. T- you're dead <laughs> you can't tell people it sounds like 
everybody's sick of the real news right now. So somebody decided to weigh in on some bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, but like I was really thinking about it. And again, this comes from being very tired. I was really thinking about it. And I thought to myself from a and I'm not a very religious person, but from a religious perspective, the big answer to like all, and I didn't expect to go down this route, but here I am. Here we're we like, are. <laughs> we're like 12 minutes in and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done one of those in a minute. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm going to put a hat on. The I'm, play, I'm messing with my hair. I need a haircut. The thing is, is that in religion, the, the, the answer, the question that everyone has is like, if I die, when I die, right. not if I die, because we're all going to die. Yeah. But... <laughs> Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Surprise, motherfucker. (laughs) Um, When you die, do you go to heaven or hell? And it's like, you don't know unless you die. And people believe that. If there even is a heaven or hell. Exactly. So if the theory is that it's a 50-50 chance we're living in a simulation, but you don't know until you enter the post-human stage... (laughs) Which means you could just say anything you want and give it a 50-50 chance. <laughs> exactly. I am going to become a unicorn in the afterlife, and no one's going to tell me otherwise, and you won't fucking know. <laughs> no, I will not. Unless, well, I mean, we all know I'm going to die before you. I'll c- come you at me that. with the odd box. <laughs> come at me with the odd box, and I will tell you. I will tell you everything. Unless there's rules that involve torture, I'm not sure how it all works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get stuck in like a <laughs> like a closet or like a salt circle, you know? I want to be able to break free. <laughs> On your unicorn. Oh, my okay, God. Okay, I'm reeling. I'm officially reeling this in just a little bit, just a little bit, because we're going to go with some paranormal in the news that Mr. Nick Floyd sent me last week. And oh, now, shit. Like, <laughs> Today, it just showed up everywhere on my timeline on Facebook. And Mothman, our friend, our beloved, has shown up at O'Hare Airport. So, which really isn't Chicago. For those of you who have not been to Chicago, it's actually Rosemont. Um, but he, I think the last couple sightings, he's been at O'Hare. So yeah. I think it's maybe a, an air traffic control thing. Maybe he's getting a little anxiety in his old age, and he wants to make sure the traffic patterns are right when he's flying. But so um, a lady who worked at the, uh, the USPS sorting facility at O'Hare Airport at about 11 p.m. on Thursday, the 24th of September, was walking out to her car when she saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot where she usually parks. At first, she thought it was a very tall person with a long coat. And I'm not going to lie, I would get a little worried thinking it was a very tall person with like a, a long coat and somebody's going to flash me. Do people do that anymore? I don't think people leave their houses anymore, to be honest. Well, I mean, last year, did people do that? <laughs> Maybe. That's always felt like a myth to me, but yeah. uh, like... I saw, like it's in movies and stuff when they like want to show a really bad person. It's like it's the flasher, but yeah, my mom always used to warn me about them. But I mean, it was the the eighties, so maybe they yeah. were more. I don't know. <laughs> more frequent in the eighties. I don't know. Anywho, that was my first thing when I read this. I'm thinking some flasher guys out there. Yeah. So I'm going to paraphrase this because. I've been talking about this all week. So <laughs> yeah. she gets out to her car 
and it's still there, still standing there. She says he's at least two feet taller than she is. So she gets her car open, turns on the headlights, and his eyes light up red. Very Mothman description right there. And then um, she hears a chirping sound, which this is a terrifying part. It's half chirp, half click, like someone was clicking their tongue, but much faster. Like Predator, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the aliens from Signs. Oh, (laughs) terrifying. It's official. Mothman's an alien. She gets in the car, and he started screeching at her and took off running toward her. It got within 10 feet of her and took off in the air and flew above her. Where's this bitch's cell phone? That's what I want to know. I mean, I guess you're frozen in fear. Are you, though? I don't know. I feel like in the face of danger, like, I would I would still kind of, I don't, like, I imagine everyone just has their phone in their hand at all times. So, like, if you're walking to your car, especially, like, aren't you about to call somebody? Maybe she's just a safe driver. And she's like, no, I'm driving home, tucking my phone away. I'm not oh, touching it until I get home. she started driving away yet. She was preparing. <laughs> True, true. So, there you have it. The Mothman, who is officially an alien because he makes little alien... I don't even know how to make that sound. That was terrible. I'll never do that again. (laughs) Times are tough. The Mothman is struggling. No one wants to look at him. He he has free reign of wherever he wants to go. He's just trying to make a little extra money, and he's like, hey, I'm trying to click at you and tell you if you want to fly somewhere, I'll take you. Just get on my back. <laughs> it's going to cost you three fifty seven. <laughs> Mothman Airlines coming Mothman. at you for O'Hare Airport. He's like, I just want to blend in. <laughs> I mean, I just want to be your friend. Can I be your friend? Oh. Oh, so yeah, it was so good, though, and... I guess she went home. She told her boyfriend or husband, because it's been a minute since I read the entire thing. And he's like, oh, no, that was the Mothman. And you should tell people. And here we are reading about it. I mean, if, tw- if, if there's any year that you can get away with saying you saw a cryptid, 2020 is the year that anyone would believe you because. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know what? I bet he's pissed off about the defunding of the USPS. And he was there to give her money. Probably. Or just take That's her away it. somewhere. Take her away. Calgon, take me away. You won't get that. That's an 80s reference. Is it Ghostbusters? Was it Ghostbusters? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It's been a hot minute since I've seen Ghostbusters. But my husband has been watching all the creepy things with me this October. Like, I'll go to turn on something else. He's like, don't you want to watch something scary? And I'm like, I love you so much. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, yeah, we watched The Lords of Salem last night, which I have been... I love Rob Zombie's horror. Um, And y'all can hate me all you want. I loved, loved, loved his original Halloween. Devil's Rejects. Rednecks are fucking terrifying. Okay? I'm just putting it out there. If you're a redneck, I'm sorry. I love you. Just don't be terrifying. Lords of (laughs) Sailor, I was told by somebody who was also a Rob Zombie horror flick fan that it was meh. And it was. And it was very Rob Zombie and... I think if I watched it again, it'd make more sense. But Meg Foster, holy shit, she was terrifying. And Sherry Moon Zombie, stunning, as always. Oh, yeah. She's she's great. She's always so fun to watch, too. I mean, even in Devil's Rejects. But, I mean, I you know, I think Rob Zombie is, 
it's sort of like Nickelback, you know, like you you listen to it from time to time, but you just don't tell anybody about it. A couple Nickelback songs that come on, and I just can't <laughs> stop singing. The rest of them are terrible. Um, do you remember a couple of years ago when Rob Zombie did like a whisk laundry detergent ad? It was amazing. It was no. so creepy. And this like old clothesline, and it was, I'll have to see if I can find that somewhere. I'll never forget when that came out. Love Rob Zombie. Love everybody I've ever met who's been in his movies. There was no Daniel Roebuck in this one. I was kind of disappointed. But Sid Haig was in it briefly. And I looked at Chris. I'm like, oh, Sid. <laughs> yep. That was his but last one. He, he did so many movies. I don't know if that was his last movie. But I thought that. I don't know. I know he was doing uh, yeah. a bunch of indie stuff. Yeah. he. I mean, he did a ton, a ton of stuff. Yeah. A lot of little He's indie horror. Yeah, he's he why good. we started the photo ops company. I will not lie. If it weren't for Sid Hag, we wouldn't do what we do when it's not a pandemic. I guess we should tell stories. What do you think? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the time going, holy shit. I didn't read that part into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I see it climbing. I, I was like, oh, we're at 12 minutes. Banter, banter, banter. And then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's 22 yeah, minutes. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. I am going to tell you as usual i don't know who goes first so I'm you. pulling out is it me let's just go with it let's run with it nick shall we yeah let's do it okay so i wrote this today i'm not gonna lie but with the thanks of friend of the show marjorie because she texted me last night about an article on the bridgewater triangle which i've always been fascinated with don't ask me which episode, but I did a story way back in the last 100 episodes, but I didn't touch on the Tauntaun State Hospital, which is not only a horror story in and of itself, it's also haunted as fuck. And that story goes a little something like this. The neoclassical Tauntaun State Hospital, originally known as the State Lunatic Hospital in <laughs> Tauntaun, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I just, I keep thinking it's seeing the monsters from Empire. Star Wars. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Was designated and built by the Boyden and Ball Company of Architects in 1854. In fact, the hospital was their very first project, and they did such a fantastic job that they went on to erect a fair number of buildings across the state throughout the next dozen years. Incidentally, this was a year after New Bedford had been declared the richest city in America at its height of the whaling industry. Neoclassical, simply put, refers to the architecture style that is principally derived from the architecture of classical antiquity. At the time, the campus was erected, and this author really likes to use the word erected. America had a pretty medieval perception on who was considered mentally ill and how it could be cured, if at all. Society generally wanted nothing to do with them and just wanted the mentally ill, children with birth defects, or even learning disabilities to disappear, either hiding them in a disappointments room, a practice still found in some countries today. So was this just a room where they just kept this person oh that's horrible yeah. or sending them off to a lunatic asylum were the two choices people had 
People in that time period were ashamed to have a mentally ill or even a disfigured or disabled person in their family. They felt it reflected on them and their status, kind of who some people in their political cults will look at their relatives who are in opposing political cults. I did not write this at all. I'm going to say that 17 more times today. (laughs) They are ashamed of them, have no problem avoiding them or disowning them. They definitely want them to go away. The problem here was that the doctors, friends, family, local community, and society dehumanized these people and devalued them. Once they had little value or humanity and were simply objects, it would be easy to mistreat and abuse them, often in the same scientific progress, that's in quotes, but just as often in the name of, quotes again, who cares? See, this this kind of... It still gets my goat that people would just throw people away because they were different. Yep. <sighs> okay. Like prisons and jails, once you were admitted, you were locked up and not allowed to leave. All manner of abuse, cruelty, and inhumanity were committed. Pardon the pun. To be placed in these mental homes meant a life of floggings, beatings, solitary confinement, dietary neglect, being bound to shackles, the use of cures like electrical shock therapy, lobotomies, and even some would consider sound therapy, using visiting opera singers, what, to be especially inhumane and cruel. At one time, injecting a person with malaria-tainted blood to induce a fever was even considered effective. Science has sure had its idiotic moments. This just ratchet is what is going through my head. If anybody's seen the series on Netflix, totally going through my head. Sadly, innocent people like many Civil War veterans who sustained brain injuries or were shell-shocked, now we call it PTSD, those with Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, Tourette's syndrome, alcoholics, even epilepsy, and those with eating disorders would be confined to these types of mental asylums. Even women who had panic attacks, bouts of postpartum blues, anxiety, menstruation-related, you know, I'm cutting that out, PMS, chronic fatigue syndrome, and get this one, disobedience. So if, ladies... If your husband decided you were just being disobedient, he could just drop you off at the insane asylum. You're not off. uh, uh, And guys could be sent to the asylum for excessive masturbation. Why couldn't ladies be sent for that? Just everything about that sounds out of whack. I I mean, no pun intended, but it just all sounds (laughs) wrong. Sorry. And, and here's the thing. I don't know when this stopped. I would have, I, I kind of think it was like in the 70s is when all of this came to light, like when Penhurst came to light and yeah. um, all the asylums like that and, and people were realizing what was happening to these people. My yeah. grandparents, my Aunt Patsy is what I called her, Auntie Patsy, um, was – She's mentally challenged. She has the mindset of a 14-year-old, I believe. My grandparents raised her, never hid her. I'm just saying Grandma and Grandpa Stobbs are some of the most amazing people in the world because I had no idea people did this kind of thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, I, I, like, 
was it the Stanford experiment? Was that the right? I feel like I'm getting it wrong, but there, like, I, I think that was. <sighs> I don't know what year that was, but that was when they were sort of like basically testing the theories that they were util- using on folks that were considered mentally ill. But I mean, it, like, you look at stuff like that, and and it was a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't. And you see how fucked everything is now in terms of still how people are being dealt with who have mental illnesses and the lack of understanding and things. I think it's not people, a lot of people who refuse to want to understand. It's that we have to, we're we're basically building up from how shit things were in the Mm -hmm. time that you're speaking of. Like, how do you overcome that? How long does it take to overcome torturing people who were excessively masturbating, women who were disobedient, uh, like... That's insane to me. Like, those Ins- people should be put in an insane asylum. Literally. I, yeah. I just did a story the other day on Miss Murder about this serial killer who whose mother was going through electroshock therapy while the serial killer was still in the womb. They didn't care. She was pregnant. Wow. For depression. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. That's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. I'm progress. Yes, we need to keep progressing. Let's yes. not go back to this. Just saying. Vote. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of the absurd science used to cure people was extended to the methods of diagnosis, which included pseudosciences like phrenology, which is the measuring of a person's skull, dead and alive, to find patterns the mentally ill shared, a particularly popular form of a quote cure was named the Utica crib after the asylum in Utica, New York that first utilized the marriage of solitary confinement and babies. So this crib was a cage top bottom. Ugh, I'll post a picture of it in the Instagram. Ugh, terrifying. So this sort of pseudoscience barbality and ironically craziness was used to diagnose and cure the mentally ill, was continued well into the 1940s when many of the ab- these abuses, which general society didn't know about, were exposed, leading to widespread reform on the psychiatric industry. Sigmund Freud may be considered an eccentric with some odd psychological theories about the mind, but in the 1930s, he changed the paradigm on what would be considered mental illness and who should be locked away. The public exposure of cruelty and this shift of paradigms eventually led to deinstitutionalization, say that 10 times fast, (laughs) in the 50s. And then again in the 70s and ended the locking away, throwing away the key style of admission along with the inhumane practices. So it was around this time, 1975 to be exact, that the main part of the hospital would be closed down and completely abandoned, leaving small sections (laughs) functioning. (laughs) Sometime in the early 1990s, the state, a $19 million improvement plan to improve these unabandoned sections of the campus, and in 1999, the dome above the administration section of the building collapsed And there the ruins sat until a huge fire broke out in 2005 and the state decided to demolish the original complex, leaving only the decrepit wings of the Kirkbride building. 
So, on to the hauntings, shall we? As with any building where people have been tortured or died, especially over the course of decades, beliefs of ghosts haunting the structures begin to sprout up. This would grow exponentially after many people would explore the ruins. Sometime the code word hang out, get drunk, smoke weed, and share their haunted experiences. Inmates like the murderous serial killer Jane Toppin, I have to look her up for Miss Murder, who confessed to killing 31 souls, certainly contributed to the stories, and the creep factor was elevated when you read her life story. Her most infamous quote, my desire to kill more people, more desperate people, from every man and every woman who has lived to this day. I mean, okay. She knows what she wants. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, those 31 poor people were patients she poisoned under her care as a nurse. Oh. Yeah. It's a lot of those bitches out there I'm coming to find out. Jeez. Another infamous woman who helped contribute to the fear factor was Lizzie Borden, who stayed at a jail right next door. Of course, as with all wide tales, facts just get in the way, but she was close enough to the lunatic asylum to have her name attached to it. And I find this in a lot of locations. They just, we've talked about this before. They just find some name of someone that everybody's heard of and start attaching it to this place. So, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, we all know Lizzie Borden's haunting Thornhaven Manor or whatever it's called. Anytime the hospital is brought up, you'll hear the mention of ghastly screams, apparitions, unexplained noises, the practice of satanic rituals, blood-stained handprints, cries for help, and these stories are not limited to the buildings, but naturally the on-campus cemetery. These anecdotes have even extended to the surrounding woods, And there are so many of these stories, projections of people's own fears, that the hospital is often referred to as America's most haunted asylum, and that the devil himself is still there. And like Nick has said on several occasions, sometimes somebody else writes it better than I ever could. Ish. (laughs) And in turn, they don't make it dirty, but yet they did. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't read the story when I wrote the closer. Um, so, Erect. So, <laughs> masturbation. Um, thanks to the New Bedford Guide for the info. And thanks, Marjorie, for the sending the article on the bridge. Words are hard. Bridgewater Triangle, which listed this place, which I never covered in my original story. So there you have it. Wow. That was uh, both an informative history lesson and yes. also very <clears throat> terrifying that, like, yeah. not only were these patients kind of put through the ringer with all of these crazy trials and shit, but they were also, 31 of them were poisoned by a nurse who yeah. claimed herself a serial killer to, like, get rid of, like, purge the world, basically, like, Get the fuck out Just of here. to add insult to injury, you know. I don't like it, but I'm educated. I, I feel like I know more. 
And I, anytime I do a story on any kind of asylum, I like to clarify whether it was a lunatic asylum like this one. And so many asylums were just places where the homeless would go, where people who didn't have any money would go. And by asylum, it was a place where they would be taken care of. Yeah. So lunatic asylum and like Randolph County Asylum are two different kinds of asylums. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, and and I think this this kind of shows that we we've we've made progress but we still have a long way to go and like you know clearly you guys don't watch game of thrones or play like nerdy fantasy games but to seek asylum is like yeah it's to seek a home to seek a place that you are cared for that you are and it's just like sometimes it's got a bad rap because some people don't know that that's what the day is you know that's what it is and yeah there are a lot of you know like you said homeless and people who seek asylum and who are mm-hmm. stable Mentally, And I, I always love to tell the story of how horrific conditions were back in the day, because as we said a couple weeks ago, we don't want history to repeat itself. So if you think you need help, reach out, people. There are so many ways. I know times are crazy right now. You've got Suicide Hotline. You've got so many. Uh, you can see a therapist on an app now. So do it. If you guys yeah. need it, do it. I'm behind you one million percent. Yep, and and also like the key to not having history repeat itself is also to educate yourself. Like even if you are in a, a space mentally that you feel like you can take on all the shit that twenty twenty is thrown at you and just life is in general, take time to to read about mental health and the history mm-hmm. and and um, these places and and what people who were deemed to be mentally ill would be put through because people didn't want to take the time to understand them. So take the time. To understand them so that history does not 100% repeat itself. Absolutely. Yes. Well said, sir. <laughs> it's important. It's, I, you know, we, can, we only have so much room in our minds to, like, take things on. And it's like, we're binge-watching TV. We're reading scary stories. We're on the Reddits. We're on the Twitters. We're watching documentaries. And it's just, like, an overflow of stuff. But the beauty of having our own mind and being our own person is, like, we can research and compartmentalize what we want to so like people who listen to this podcast just love learning about cryptids and paranormal and all this stuff and that's great because at some point it makes you feel educated and in learning about this stuff you're also learning about parts of the world and it's great like it's, there's no loss to learn about history whether it's no. paranormal history whether it's you know whatever it's there's always this a game. This shit's keeping me sane right now. <laughs> it's the you know, I can be miserable, and then I sit down on the microphone with you, and I'm like, everything's better. <laughs> Everything is awesome. <laughs> yes. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys, but. We're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com 
slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. I am super excited about our latest podcast partner, which is Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And this store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Uh, I guess I'll tell a story. Yay. I was hoping I was tr- you'd say that. I tr- <laughs> yep, I know. I was. It was a nice plot twist. Um, <laughs> this is an interesting one. This is one of those where I like, I see it and I just think, is this paranormal? But yes, but no. You know? like <laughs> Those are my favorite. Nostradamus. Was it paranormal? We don't even know. We don't know. This one's very interesting because anything that happens within... In the 2000s is always something that I'm like, yes, tell me more. Yeah. And this happened in 2001, so it's not too long ago, which is pretty crazy. Nice. Um, and there's also another fun fact that made me select this story, but we'll get to that in just okay. a second. Um, I'm going to probably not pronounce this correct, but um, Hyun Jong Song, who went by Cindy Song, which is great because that's what I'm going to call her the rest of the podcast. Okay was born and raised in South Korea. When she was 15 years old, she moved to the States to live with her aunt and uncle in Springfield, Virginia. After graduating high school, she went on to attend Pennsylvania State University. In 2001, Cindy was 21 years old. She was a senior at Penn State, majoring in art, and was set to graduate in a few months. She was living in an off-campus apartment in State College and working two part-time restaurant jobs. On Halloween night in 2001... Cindy Song attended a costume party at Players Nightclub. She was with her two friends, Stacy and Lisa. I'm not going to say their last names because one's hard to pronounce and one's easy, but I'm going to give them both the same treatment. Uh, (laughs) Works for uh, me. Cindy was dressed up as a bunny. She had on bunny ears a pink t-shirt with a bunny logo on it, a white tennis skirt with a tail attached, sheer stockings, brown suede knee-high boots, and a red hooded parka. 
Quote, she had bunny ears and a tail that she had bought. It was a very cute outfit. It wasn't like a sexy outfit. It was a very cute outfit. That was her thing. She was very cute. She liked to look cute. End quote, a friend of Cindy's said. The three partied into the early morning hours of November 1st. After the club closed at 2 a.m., they drove through downtown and stopped at a friend's apartment. There, they played video games for the next couple hours. At 4 a.m., Cindy was dropped off at her apartment by Stacy. Stacy didn't stay long enough to make sure Cindy made it into her apartment safely. Did not. She did not stay long enough to make sure. Come on, girl. It's, it's the girl code. Yep. So that was the last time Cindy was seen, unfortunately. Oh, I had a feeling. Cindy's roommate, who had just got back from visiting her family in Philadelphia, returned home later that day. The apartment was locked and nothing looked out of the ordinary, but Cindy wasn't there. Her friends began to become more and more concerned about not hearing from Cindy. They reported her missing on November 4th, 2001, which was three days after anyone had contact with her. Two days later, the investigators searched her apartment. It's believed that she did enter her apartment, but left shortly after. Since she locked the door after herself, it seemed she had left voluntarily. The fake eyelashes she was wearing that night, which is, are seen in photos, which I'll share, were on the bathroom counter and her backpack and phone were found. The only thing that seemed to be missing was her purse, which contained her driver's license, keys, and credit cards. Two Britney Spears concert tickets were also in the apartment. I don't know why that's mm. an important detail, but... Because it's Britney, bitch. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> Sorry, my dog just like popped up in the frame. <laughs> I love it. He's, like, he's like grunting. Anyway, um, Cindy's backpack and eyelashes were found in the apartment after her disappearance. Down the road from her apartment was a 24-hour convenience store that she would often walk to. She was known to do so at odd hours. Maybe she made a trip there. They have surveillance cameras. They, yeah, 2001, of course they do. Yeah. Uh, maybe she made a trip there thinking she would go right home. When investigators got her phone records, they learned that there were no calls made or received after she was dropped off at her house. None of her emails seemed alarming either. There was also no activity on any of her credit cards. After reading her diary, investigators began to believe drugs may have been involved. In it, she writes about experimenting with ecstasy and marijuana... Her friends came to her defense and said that those were just normal college experiences. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I 2001? Sure. I never went to college. <laughs> I went to film school, <laughs> so it doesn't count. <laughs> completely different. Yeah. Investigators also took a look into Cindy's mental state. A month prior to her disappearance, she went through a pretty rough breakup with her boyfriend she'd been living with. Her family thought maybe she took her own life or ran off because of the heartache, but her friends, again, disagreed. They said she had started therapy and was taking medication to help herself mentally. Her friends stressed that Cindy was not the type of person to take off without letting someone know where she was going. Now, let's get into sightings. Because this is interesting. Okay. I'm first going with black-eyed kids. She let them in. And she just disappeared. Yeah? Are you familiar with the black-eyed kids? No. Urban legend? Oh. So give, quick rundown. Yeah, I was going to say, give um, me that quick rundown. We're doing fine on time. So these are children that come up to people, whether it's in their home, in their car, and they ask for help. Whether if you're at home, they ask to use your phone. I need to call my mom. I don't have my phone. Things like that. The only thing that's off about the kids is that they're dressed not quite for the current fashion that's going on when you see them. 
and you get this immediately immediate feeling of dread when you see them. You don't huh. always see their face or their eyes. Um, sometimes they're wearing hoodies and it's shadowed, but they always want to get into where you're at, whether it's your car. The first documented sighting, it was a car. And he wanted them, they wanted him to take him home so they could get money to watch the movie. They forgot their money. But he said to the guy, you need to let me in or I can't come in your car. So that's when things started getting a little freaky for him. And he's like, you know what? I I think you should just go find your mom and dad and you're going to miss the movie if I take you home and I bring you back and yada, yada, yada. And then he starts getting this overwhelming feeling of dread. And then the light hits one of the kids and his eyes are, there's no pupils, there's no color, there's no white. It's just completely black. And the kid starts yelling at him, you have to let me in your car, you have to. And all these stories of our people saying that they never let the kids in. What happens if you let the kid in? You don't maybe get probably what Yeah. I, I know. Maybe just disappear. That's interesting. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, the sketch kind of, there's a there's a sketch which is coming up, but they, it looks like they don't have any eyes. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, no. Yeah. The only Am sighting. I being psychic? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> the only sighting of Cindy was a few days after she was reported missing and over 200 miles away in Chinatown. A woman called in a tip that a woman matching Cindy's description was in a vehicle she was passing by. The woman appeared to be crying and yelling for help. She said a man suddenly appeared and told her to, quote, get lost. Police were skeptical. The lady who saw it? Uh,. She's, I, I guess so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not really sp- specific, but I'm assuming it is. Yeah, me too. Um, police were skeptical of the sighting since the witness ended up changing her story multiple times. But there is a sketch of the man, and the sketch of the man, it's either it's a really bad sketch or it's like his head is kind of misshapen and he's got like really big black eyes. He's so. a black eyed adult. Potentially, um, anything's they possible. Come from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, in June 2003, a man named Paul Weekly was facing a felony burglary burglary charge and decided to tell a shocking story to the police. Paul, who was a career criminal, told police that Hugo Selensky and Michael Kurkowski abducted a woman who they thought was a prostitute from Penn State College while she was walking. He said they then took her to Hugo's house in Hunlock Creek, where they kept her in a walk-in safe. Over the next few days, they assaulted the woman and had their way with her, leaving her to die when they were finished. The woman described matched Cindy's description. Uh, So both Hugo and Michael were suspected serial killers. Michael had been a wanted fugitive since May 2002 after he was convicted of several felonies for running an illegal drug ring out of his pharmacy. He went missing with his girlfriend, Tammy Fassett, while awaiting sentencing. But Paul claimed that Hugo actually had killed Michael. Supposedly, Michael kept Cindy's bunny ears as a trophy, and Hugo didn't like that. Oh, shit. It's, this, like, seriously, I'd never even heard, I mean, the fact that I was reading the story, I was like, what the fuck? The story is insane. Yes, absolutely insane. So, wrapping it all up, Loose Lip Paul kept on going. He told investigators that Hugo was actually responsible for the death of at least 16 people. 
He then led investigators to Selensky's property where five bodies were located. And you guessed it, two of the bodies that were found buried on the property belonged to Michael and Tammy. Oh, shit. Bone fragments belonging to drug dealers Frank James and IDA Kyler were found in a burn pit along with a third person who has never been identified. After digging around on the property, a total of 12 bodies had been discovered. None of the remains on Hugo's property matched Cindy, but that's probably because he had moved on to he had moved on to this property a few months after uh. she went missing. Investigators have not been able to connect him to her disappearance, but he has not been ruled out as a suspect. And since Michael is dead, they were never able to confirm Paul's story. Wow. A search of Paul's computer revealed that he had downloaded multiple articles about Cindy's disappearance, leading police to believe he may have been studying the details in order to provide false evidence in exchange for a lesser sentence. He was already serving a life sentence and looked at the and looking at the death penalty, or maybe he was the actual killer framing Hugo since he already had a large amount of dead bodies on his hands. Well, Paul and Hugo, as of 2019, are both serving life sentences for unrelated murders. The sighting in Philadelphia is hard to prove. Everyone close to Cindy at the time of her disappearance has been ruled out as suspects. And none of her friends believe she could have taken her own life or that she ran away. So what happened to Cindy? There's no body, no physical evidence, no witnesses, and no active suspects. She basically vanished into thin air. Vanished. Wow. That's insane. This is the perfect, perfect ender to October for us, sir. Girls, be careful tonight or tomorrow night when you're out in your cute little bunny outfits. Make sure you get in the door and lock the fucking door. And I don't know. Do we think aliens took her? Or I'm going with the black I, kids. I don't know. The thing about this that was so interesting is like this story is so insane because... At the time when it happened, apparently there were multiple active serial killers in the area. So could it have been another killer from another state? They're they're, they're saying Israel Keys, I think, from New York was mentioned in 2001. So that could have been a thing as well. But also, I've never read a paranormal story. I don't think, I mean, maybe like hauntings, but I've never read a paranormal story, I think, ever where there's something that happens that's clearly paranormal and, and off, like di- just a disappearance. Yeah. But then there's like a, a killer that's like tied. They basically busted these guys in trying to track down Cindy. Yeah. So it's like this double case that's yeah. just fucking mind blowing. Mind blowing. Well, and the fact that she was seen. Somewhere else, I don't know. Even if she changed, the other girl changed her stories. Here's how I feel about that. Sometimes I feel like the cops are a little too aggressive, even if it's just a witness. And they can, you know, I mean, there's, there's, I've seen some shit on the ID network where people will change their stories and because the cops want them to. So I don't know if she says she saw her. Philly can't be that, what was it, 200? Miles? 200 miles away, yes. And I don't know. Wow. Just up and disappeared. I can't believe I've not heard of this story with my true crime obsession. It's it's really fascinating because it is. It's one of these. It's like 
it's a it's true crime, yes, but it's also there's paranormal elements and it's yeah, a lot of people have a lot of different theories. I mean, it's just crazy. It's like the the true crime, the the people who truly believe that like that are are really focused on the tr- the true crime aspect and tracing like real tangible evidence are kind of tracking like a dark web scenario. Um, okay. In 2001, which is paranormal which, in and of itself. I don't want to know anything about the dark web. <laughs> yeah. I I am I am good, but in 2001 Coming with with the internet still sort of being the wild west that it was in two thousand one, a dark web was it was easier to track than it is now. Like it's yeah. not an easy thing to track because it is very 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 against the law. But again, it's like how, how like how does Halloween factor into it as well? There's just all these pieces. I don't know. Anyway, I it's love crazy. It. I love it. It's I, I I'm definitely going dark web. Now that you mentioned, I don't know though. That's, I want to know everything. And I'm sure it's a cold case. Just the fact that there's zero evidence is what blows my mind. Zero evidence. And like even the killer that they think did it was 200 miles from where she was seen on Halloween night on November 1st. So she would have had to, he would have had to at some point covered 200 miles, which is doable. You can do, but like in a span of 48 hours. Yeah. And there's, there's just still a lot no of questions. Body. No, of all the bodies found, there's not a body. And that just blows my mind that this dude brought them somewhere where there was just all these bodies buried. I don't know. I think yeah. the dude who gave them up, I think he might have had something to do with those bodies. Not Cindy, but those bodies. It's it's crazy. But again, it's like this disappearance, this potentially paranormal thing led investigators yeah. To track down like a guy who had murdered and like serial murdered a lot of people. I know it's fucking nuts. Is, well done, yeah. sir. I don't know. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you. I love Happy it. Halloween. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Spooky Halloween. <laughs> uh, Nick, we have stories that have been submitted. Oh yes. You listening right now? Don't let that stop you from sending in that story you're about to send me. <laughs> Please do so at oddityfilescrew at gmail but this, the subject of this email is, I've got a story. I love it. That's a good way to start. It is. It says, hello, Kitsy and Nick. This story happened at my old employer where I came to know Charlie, the drink making coast, ghost, not coast, ghost, big time call back there. So this is from Corey. He sent several stories over the last 100 episodes, and he did have a drink-making ghost who would pour drinks in the, I think it was the Coke machine, at one of the places where he used to work. But this one, he said, it didn't happen to me, but it did happen to one of my lifelong best friends who worked in maintenance a couple years before I worked there. I'm doing this completely from memory, and that story goes a little something like this. Oh, Corey, look at you. (laughs) As with many resorts, with all those restaurants, there's also pretty good sized hotels attached. And that hotel was, and probably still is, more haunted than the main floor where most of the restaurants are located. One night, my friend and two of his co-workers were in the upper reaches of the hotel, kind of an attic type area, doing some writing or whatever they did up there. The two co-workers left to go on a break, and that's when shit got started. 
Soon as they were gone, the lights started going on and off. Naturally, my buddy thought his co-workers were screwing with him, so he hit them up on the radio to tell them to knock it off. Thing is, they said they were in the break room watching Family Guy. He told them to prove it while the lights were still doing their own thing. They responded by putting their radios up on the TV. That's when my buddy shit his pants and ran out of there to go on break himself. Corey finishes it with, as more stories come to mind, I'll send them. Thanks again for everything you guys do and a belated welcome to the odd family to Nick. Signed, Corey. Oh, shit. Stop. <laughs> oh, Corey's Stop just making us blush tonight. I love it. Oh, I know. What a great way to end. See, that's the thing. I I think I think a lot of people, a lot of listeners are like, oh, I don't know if I should submit my story. Like, is it long enough? Is it... De- if it's a couple par- if a paragraph, a couple, if it's just like a snid, little yes. snippet, send it over. Yeah, send I, it over. I try to plan these because sometimes my stories get a little out of hand and get a little long. I knew mine was a little long today, so I chose a short story from Corey. Those are needed too, guys. Like somebody on the group yep. today was saying that I have to tell you the story of my daughter's imaginary friend. I said, send that shit into the podcast, please and thank you. So I yeah. love it. I love it. Thank and you. And you don't Corey. need an ending. No. You don't need an ending. Remember, paranormal does not end. It only begins. Just like Nick's story. <laughs> Still, what happened to Cindy, people? What happened? We need to know. We need to know. Guys, happy Halloween 2020. Know that we appreciate the shit out of you motherfuckers. And we're so happy you're here every week. And we adore you. And we love you. And... I should probably tell you to watch Oddity Files on Amazon Prime and check out flow.page slash Oddity Files. It's got all our links right there. We don't even need to go through the links anymore, Nick. It's true. It's true. It's very true. Where does the uh, new goddamn coming- cool? Oh, sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. I just want to tell people about costumes. If you're going to dress up at home in your quarantine and lockdown, please slide into our DMs and send us your costumes that you're watching. You're watching movies yes. in at home for Halloween because this is good. This is a Halloween. This is a Halloween episode. It is the Halloween episode. <laughs> I came, I was cleaning my closet the other day and I came across my Sandy from the End of Greece costume. I don't know if hey. I can still fit into that shit or not, but tell me about it, stud. Weird as the new cool. <laughs> Ghost on. Yay! Happy Halloween! Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store, can't get enough of oddity files wear us on your body tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files please support our partners every little bit helps rate 
review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller. <laughs>